Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. This is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. We're pleased to be joined now uh, by Jim Wexel, author extraordinaire and uh, author of the new book, uh, on the clock, Pittsburgh Steelers behind the scenes with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the NFL Draft. How you doing, Jim? I'm great, Dale. I just I pulled out of my driveway. My my neighbor he came driving up and rolled his window down really quickly, and he he said, "Your book? I saw it at Barnes and Noble. It's right at the front." <laughs> That's awesome. He goes, "You hit the big time." <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> well, I, I I've read the book. Uh, I poured through it in about uh, about three and a half days. Uh, so that should give you an idea of uh, uh, for anybody who's thinking about reading this, what kind of I mean, you can just sit down and just go uh, because there are a lot of good stories there. And obviously, you're you you had a theme to this. Uh, you were touching on some of the uh, big time drafts that the Steelers had in terms of whether it was a overall haul or great players and uh well there's a Franchise lot of changes yeah, stuff, yeah a lot of all that kind of stuff uh, for the pittsburgh steelers yeah um he's starting back in the 30s with wizard white you know he was uh, i think the original foundational pillar of the steelers way uh because not only did they want to uh, they wanted a star player but they also wanted to upgrade their reputation the league's reputation they wanted to add class they wanted to class the join up and you know wizard white became a supreme court justice so he only played one year here but uh, the way washington post wrote it up is that art rooney wanted to class the place up and he did that mm-hmm. so uh i mean he didn't uh you know play more than one year he didn't lead to a championship in fact I, he's still i think the only leading rusher from a last place team but um uh interesting he, yeah he was uh he was a pillar of the way they do things and then you know in the 50s with ernie stautner and jack butler they really toughened up the defense and made Pittsburgh a traditional hard hitting team. You know, you didn't, you wanted to play him because you could get the win, but you didn't want to play him because you'd be in pain on Monday, <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Jim, you just mentioned toughness. Is that a decade after decade theme with their, their draft process? Yeah. It seemed like it started in the fifties when mm-hmm. they actually, when they actually started paying scouts. I don't know if you, you you probably didn't read it, Matt, but not uh, yet. They they all gave it to me yesterday. I'm gonna dig into it tonight. You know, it it 
in the thirties and forties, they, uh, there are there are famous Grantland Rice stories about <laughs> about both Wizard White and Bill Dudley at the end of their careers, and so you know that's how the Steelers drafted out of draft magazines. So you could you could have called Grantland Rice their first scout, and then <laughs> and then Pat Livingston was actually their first paid scout, and he he became known as one of the great editors of uh, the Pittsburgh Press, and he he worked. Uh, with the uh, Undertaker, Ray Byrne. You've probably seen stories about him through the 40s. But uh, Jock Sutherland got mad at uh, 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 Livingston and sent him on the road, said, get out of here, go go look at college players. And that was their first road scout, first guy to get paid. Wow. He was a newspaper man. And we know the, 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 the great newspaper man who became the great scout, Bill Nunn. Right, and right. So, uh, so, us newspaper uh, guys, we couldn't possibly know anything about anything, right? Half of scouting is <laughs> digging up data and information, and yeah, getting Who better good to do that than reporters. Like right, that's right, what right, we do. Right. Absolutely, the <laughs> obvious correlation. Now, I didn't write about this in the book uh, because there is some disagreement on this. Myron Cope uh, allegedly talked them into drafting Carlton Hasselrig, and. Um, the Steelers say they were going to take him anyway because Myron for for five rounds. I mean, he was a twelfth round draft pick. Dale, you know, you covered, you went to UPJ. I was, right? we both did. We both did. I yeah. was, There's I was, some Hasselrig stories around UPJ in our time. I was I hiding in the gym the day uh, Hasselrig worked out for the Steelers. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you knew that they were interested in him without Myron Cope having to call the shot. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Myron. Myron kept. It beseeched them to take this guy because he was a wrestling sensation, and uh, Myron thought that he, it was his his guy. And then when they did pick him, Myron took all kind of credit. Yeah, he kept saying the little birdie people, was, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, at least he gave the little birdie credit. <laughs> so that, that there's another newspaper guy and a great pick. And then um, uh, you know John Clayton uh, when he was here in '83. He advised Dan Rooney, you know, you should you should trade Cliff Stock and draft this Marino guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was was a newspaper. That was when they stopped listening to newspaper guys. <laughs> I, I thought the uh, the stuff on the, the the Ben Roethlisberger draft was really fascinating as well. Obviously, you know, I was covering the team at that time, as were you. It just some of the machinations that were going on behind the scenes with all of that that. Uh, you know, there, there's been so much said about it. Well, you know, Bill Cowher wanted Sean Andrews, and uh, you kind of put some of that to rest. I know, and um, you know, there are guys in the organization that they hate to hear. You know, they I I, I want to this right. They they don't want to hear this about Dan Rooney being a liar. Okay. You know, uh, because Kevin and and Bill Cowher have come out and say we wanted we wanted Roethlisberger, and uh, so therefore, since Dan Rooney's alive to defend himself, it's not well by people in the organization. But the, Kevin explained it. Yes, you know there was interest in, in John Alexander, John Alexander, Sean Andrews, Sean Andrews, yeah, yeah. But uh, at the end, Cowher came off that and agreed. Uh, but they didn't, of course. They they don't keep Rooney uh, up. Like said, that going to do? They have their draft board. They knew Dan wanted the quarterback, whichever quarterback fell, 
And uh, on draft day, Dan uh, was still, you know, Mike Pursuta broke that story that they were interested in Sean Andrews. And that was a real thing. They really were. And Mike had that story right. So Dan, you know, is reading what the newspaper guys are writing. So <laughs> they are listening to newspaper guys. And so he still thinks that uh, Andrews possibility. And so he's, uh, you know, he's making motions in the back of the room while Phil Kreidler is doing the reread on Roethlisberger. And, he, you know, he's flicking his hand by his ear, you know, take the passer, take the passer. <laughs> and, and they were going to. Yeah. But Sean Andrews was a part of that. There was definitely, uh, definitely a lot of looking uh, into Sean Andrews. But the way Kevin tells the story for the book kind of doesn't call uh, uh, a Dan Rooney a liar. I, I, that's strong language, but uh, I, I think you remember, I think Ed Bouchette wrote that story for the athletic where he talked to Bill Cower that they were going to draft Ben Roethlisberger that uh, anyway. So uh, anyway, this kind of mar- marries all of that. It together. does give you some, some, you know, everybody, every year the Steelers come out after they take their first round draft pick and they say, this was a Steeler pick. Nobody, nobody takes credit for just being, you know, nope, it wasn't Mike Tomlin, it wasn't mm-hmm. Kevin Colbert, or now Omar Khan. Uh, they come, they truly do come to a consensus on this stuff. I, I think a lot of that might have to do with the way Kevin Colbert is egoless and uh, probably convincing to the coach. But I, you know, and I'm not in there. And hey, maybe this has changed a little over the years. Uh, especially as Kevin grew into that role more strongly and solidly. But I, I still think it's up to the coach to have the final say. As, you know, Bill Cowher and Tom Donahoe found out when both tendered their resignations and <laughs> the owner uh, t- accepted Donahoe's. Uh, the uh, the coach won there. And uh, so I still think the coach has all the power, but it's just, you know, as it had been, uh, the um, uh, uh, Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, and Mike Tomlin were all on the same line, all reported to Art Rooney, too. That, that's how it used to be set up. Now, I assume it's now Mike Tomlin and uh, Omar Khan. But I, I still, I, I, got, I bet they side with the coach as the power. I know you guys are right there, and, and you know you can disagree with me if you want, but I, I believe it's the coach that still has the final say, and they're humble enough to all say it was a Steeler, a Steeler decision. And they probably do all come to a consensus by the end of it. Yeah, no, I, I think they do. Uh, of course, the name of the book is On the Clock, Pittsburgh Steelers Behind the Scenes with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the NFL Draft. This just came out, what, two weeks ago, Jim? Yes. Uh, yes. Where's it? Where's it available at? Uh, well, Barnes and Noble, all the bookstores like we just talked about, Amazon.com. And, you know, if you if you wait a few days, I'm going to have it up on my website. You can get it autographed and personalized inscriptions. You can, uh, you know, just contact me. It's, there's a contact us and I'll say, hey, uh, this is for my nephew, Billy, for uh, Christmas. Uh, say to Billy and now to Billy, have a nice Christmas. And, you know, you're a great Steeler fan, something like that. And so then you can get it personalized uh, if you buy jimwexel.com. Jim, I got a little bit of an input on the the Ben draft because the year I was with the Browns was Ben's rookie year. And we were terrible, and the Steelers were 15-1, and one, and I had grown up a Steeler fan, of course. And I had more than one eye on Pittsburgh while I was working for the Browns, obviously. And I know this is a fact because there's a lot of talk. Why didn't the Browns take Ben, keep him in locally? 
they he was their highest graded quarterback out of Eli and Rivers. And somewhere in my attic, I have those reports. I swiped them when I got fired. But they were set on Taylor or Winslow because Butch coached them at the U. So if they would have taken mm. a quarterback, it would have been Ben. <laughs> but they were they trusted the guys from the U, and they thought Jeff Garcia had something left. So that's why he lasted. They thought Jeff Garcia had something left. <laughs> and that was the worst part of the whole equation, obviously. <laughs> the underrated sentence of your story. <laughs> well, you know, Pat McManamon tells the story of uh, being watching some film for some project with Butch Davis. I don't know if it was before the season started, but he, he said, what do you think of Roethlisberger? And, and Davis said, not a fan. Hmm. So I I don't know where that fits in with uh, yeah the consensus grade he was higher than Eli or Rivers so okay uh, uh, so yeah uh, I, I I don't know uh, you, you know Pat Pat's pretty tuned in up there mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, so but uh, the Browns you know that would be a good book yeah we know how that worked <laughs> out <laughs> yeah. Browns disasters that would be a bestseller <laughs> how the Browns have screwed up the draft there's your next book <laughs> here's one other quick one. Before I was there, they left the night before the draft. We're going to take Richard Seymour with the third pick. Great pit layer. We know who the top two picks are going to be. They go up to the podium. They take Gerard Warren because Butch had recruited him out of Florida, and he went and he knew him a little better. Typical stuff. All right. <laughs> well, that's how things go wrong. I can top that. <laughs> <laughs> 1987, the year the Rod Woodson fell to number 10. Yeah. The Browns took the great Mike Junkin. Yeah, ooh. In, in the top ten, <laughs> and Kelly Stoffer went to the believe the Cardinals, and those yes, were the yep. two. Those were the two key picks that helped because the Steelers wanted Shane Conlon, and they were worried about the Browns because they wanted a linebacker, and the Browns select Mike Junkin, so Shane Conlon's still in play, and uh, it comes to Buffalo at eight, and Shane Conlon went there, and the Steelers got stuck with Rod Woodson. <laughs> 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 That's right. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's funny how uh, those things work out like that. Uh, of course, you also uh, you know document uh, the the great draft of 74 uh, how how that all came to be, uh, you know, the drafting of Terry Bradshaw, the drafting of Joe Green. I mean, there's just all kinds of good stuff in there, Jeez, and yeah. even the you even go through some of the uh, the machinations of the '60s um, when when Buddy Parker was here, just trading away 
all the Steelers draft capital. Well, yeah. Um, you know, Dan Rooney takes over. At, I think it was it 64 or 65 where he finally said, fired Buddy, Buddy Parker. He finally accepted the resignation. He, <laughs> he had resigned several times in a drunken stupor, a drunken rage, and the chief always gave it back to him the next day. Well, Dan said, no, this guy's got to go. And, and so uh, it, so Dan had to power about 65, and along comes Artie Jr. Uh, and he, want, he tells mom he wants to join the organization. And mom tells the chief, and the chief's like, oh, man. I don't know where we can put Artie. You know, Buddy Parker has traded away the the next 30 picks for the rest <laughs> of the decade. Let's put him in personnel. He can't hurt us there. <laughs> That's five, years, five years later, the chief had, was quoted as saying, it was the smartest move I ever made. Artie, <laughs> Artie you know, he really was a, a sibling rivalry. He wanted to show. He took he it by the horns. Us. There's no he doubt did. about it. He did. He, and, he, you know, he got Jack Butler involved and, and Blesto and uh, and they really and then and then you know the hiring of Bill Nunn and, and that's another Cleveland story that is a positive. Back when Cleveland could play in in the fifties and sixties, they uh, drafted black players. And Bill Nunn, uh, who lived in the Hill District and wrote uh, was a sports editor for for the Courier, he and his friends would drive up to Cleveland to watch their favorite team, and they just uh, never. Bill Nunn never covered the Steelers. And when Dan Rooney opened his sports page of the Courier in 67 to check out the Black College All-Star team and see how many he knew, how many his scouts were talking about, and and how many he remembered from the banquet the previous year because they helped Bill Nunn host the banquet, he, he said, I don't recognize one of these names. What the heck? Why doesn't Bill Nunn come around here? He goes down to the lobby at a Roosevelt Hotel, tells the courier guy who was in, says, why doesn't Bill Nunn ever come here? And the guy says, he thinks you're a clown show. He, he's a Browns fan. He, he he likes to go watch the Browns. And They were doing uh, it right at the time, huh? Yeah. yeah so they, Jim Brown. They, yeah. Set, they set it up. Oh, even then, Leroy Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Browns in the 60s were good, too. Uh, and... Uh, so he sets up a meeting, and Dan Rooney asks Bill Nunn, and Bill Nunn's telling him all these truths. You guys are a clown show. Uh, Buddy Parker's racist, and I think Bill Austin is, and I can't get into the press box every time, and you guys have no clue what you're doing. What's what's the point of this? And like like George Steinbrenner said to Costanza, hire that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dan offered to hire a guy who – saw all the flaws in the Steelers organization and boom, you know, then Noel comes a year later. So those sixties machinations, like you said, Dale, are very interesting how the real pieces came together before the pieces on the field came together. So how it led to the seventies. It was like the the foundation. Okay. Exactly. These great, you know, the two Rooney brothers uh, and uh, then Bill Nunn and then uh, Chuck Noel. And, uh, you know, Noel, Noel gives this press conference and, you know, <laughs> you know, tells the media how stupid all their perceptions are. Losing has nothing <laughs> to do with geography. Just stop this. I just lost to the Jets in the Super Bowl and I've got a terrible headache and we got a draft tomorrow. Uh, where's your draft board? Can That's we the crazy thing is that the draft, draft was tomorrow. two days after the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, right. <Yes. laughs> well, That's insane, the Steelers, yeah. you know, that, there's a little story in there about how the Steelers, uh, a guy, a a bust, a second round bust in a 73 
I think they thought was a really good player. And uh, someone told Art, someone told the chief, you drafted a real stiff. This guy's got a real bad knee. And they said, oh, all our doctors love him. They bring him in. Ken Farms, I think his name was. Uh, and, and they bring him in and they, they look him. Oh, this knee's fine. Well, the second play of the first padless drill the kid kid crumbles done for good so they said you know we've got to get these guys checked before the draft and that led to decline and that led to drafting in april so it was that pick that started all that and it's why we have to wait so long <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh, you know chuck Knoll, the, the the day of his press conference introducing him as coach finds art, art jr says take me to your draft board and he was pleasantly surprised to see that they liked joe green too because he kept hearing all this stuff about oh, yinzer nation wanted terry hanratty you know was going to save the the quarterbacking uh, uh day and uh they got him in the second and actually they didn't even want him in the second round but uh, the guy they did want it's in the book he got drafted a pick before wow. so yes then they they took terry hanratty and you know the yinzers erupted in joy <laughs> this is the guy they wanted with the fourth pick i don't know if green is but <laughs> well back in those days too there was some of the i mean the, the chief god love him would draft some local guys to kind of get some bodies through the gates because that was a, a big concern about making being able to make payroll every week no no so you Absolutely. had you had to have got you know guys on the field who would people who would, knew that people knew right you know? at least his friends will come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and they you know the, the local fans had heard of the guy from Duquesne mm-hmm. or the guys from Pitt you know so that that was all part of it uh, I, I liked how you you ended the book as well Jim with uh, a, a chapter on Nunn himself and just talked to all the different uh, people in the organization that uh, that worked directly with uh, with Bill Nunn and uh, I think my my favorite. Part of that was when you talked about how he, uh, you wrote about. I don't want to give the whole book away, but they they took a, as a, a group that the scouts took a trip to the Clemente Museum, mm-hmm. and Nunn starts telling you know that's you know t- starts talking about some of the pictures there, and the guy who is running the Clemente Museum starts saying, oh that's how it went. Hey, who are you? And he just says, <laughs> well, I'm Nunn. <laughs> just just to, to clear that up a little. He was talking about uh, Roberto, how uh, he had been. And, uh, he was upset after the World Series because he finished eighth in the MVP voting. Uh, and and Nunn said, "Yeah, that's right, but white." And he says, "Well, who are you? You know, what are you? Well, he did this and this. And well, who are you, on? And so, yeah. And then the guy, all of a sudden, who who wouldn't shut up because he knew everything. The the museum curator or something like that. Uh, he knew everything and he from being a, a snob to listening to every word none the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> just tremendous stuff again that that book is called on the clock pittsburgh steelers behind the scenes with the pittsburgh steelers at the nfl draft as jim mentioned you can get that on uh, amazon you can get that at barnes and barnes and noble oh yeah barnes and barnes noble, and noble. you can get it on the jim's website here in a couple yeah. days Makes a great stocking stuffer. It will fit in a stocking. It's it's big enough you can kind of <laughs> squeeze it, it in right? there, and it's a it's a it's a paperback book, so it's it will bend a little bit. Or if you just want to give it to your favorite Steeler fan, um, you're looking for something to give them. It's it's a nice My uh, kick out of it. yeah, nice uh, gift to, to give there. And again, a lot of a uh, lot of great stories, a lot of good stuff in there. Jim, we'll let you go. We appreciate you uh, stopping by here on the drive. Uh, always a pleasure and. Uh, 
What are you writing next? <laughs> oh man, I, I've got some ideas, and I'm, I'm I've been asking some questions. All these, you know, the Steelers have these Hall of Honor guys in, and these alumni in, and I've been having some fun talking to a lot of people. And I'm not sure how it's all going to work, but I'm just. <laughs> you, sometimes you just got to do interviews for a while, you know. Yeah, right. But right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, when you when you said Dale, I don't want to give too much stuff away. I don't know if you could. There's so many nuggets in this book because I, I, it's weird how you you write it and you reread it three four times and you send it in and you're like, oh, I'm so sick of that thing. I, I, I bet it, it's going to be terrible. And you get it back three months later and you read it and you're like, wow, this works. <laughs> That's a good feeling. And so uh, I, there's too many nuggets and it's, I put it in storytelling forms. Uh, so it's, they're all good stories. It's not like an encyclopedia of facts just spit out at you. And so uh, this was a really good interview. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Was that, uh, that was Jim Wexel, was of course, uh, author, and you can uh, check out his work on, on a number of different places. Uh, uh, but uh, you got to read the book. Uh, no it's good stuff. Um I just I enjoyed it, and, and you know I I told some other. There are a lot of books that get made about the Steelers, obviously. Sure. Um, and I remember I, I was still working at the Observer Reporter in Washington when one of the one of the other books came out, and the uh, the author of it um, said, uh, you know, will you review my book? And I said, well, I'm going to tell you if I review it, I'm going to be honest about it. Yeah, right. Well, I'm going to tell you whether I liked it or whether I didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm going to write. And then he didn't have me review his book. <laughs> that sounds scary. Yeah, I don't do that. Don't no, no, don't do that. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, tell you that the book is any good if it wasn't any good. And I found right, right, I found right. this one really interesting, um, as I did with the Palomalu book that Jim wrote. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, before, but this one, uh, you know, maybe it's because I lived. Same with Palomalu, I lived a lot of this stuff. No, sure. But I just enjoyed, you know, getting the. The behind-the-scenes stories and things of that nature. Uh, so you obviously saw it from a different angle at the time and live, and, and you know, it, I, I saw it as a draft nick and as a fan for a lot of them, or and a lot of the fans out there just were happy that Woodson ended up on the team. <laughs> they don't know why. You know, <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, how'd right. that happen? Yeah, well, exactly. Now you'll know the why. Yep, now yep. you'll know how Ben Roethlisberger became a, became a Steeler. One the, little glitch, and it all changed. Yeah, how know, that right? all how that all went down between the Giants and the Chargers, mm-hmm. and the Browns were. Supposed they were in the mix. They were in the yeah, mix, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They were part of that equation looking yeah. for a quarterback. A lot of things had to fall right for Ben to end up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, right? same thing. A lot of a lot of a lot of different things like that. Uh and that's how that uh, all worked out. But check that book out if you get a chance. Uh we're gonna take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to the drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. And um you can subscribe to the Mike Tomlin Game Day podcast. The Steelers, uh, Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every game day. They're available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. We'll do that right after this. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.